everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase Dark Dice, a free horror actual play podcast. Chills and thrills await in this creepy campaign, brought to life with a fully original soundtrack. Follow the heroes as they try to survive the exhaustion, stress, and cold in Domain of the Nameless God, the show's first season. Each new season will follow a new story and cast, including a mix of first-time players and folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Combat is edited to be condensed and enjoyable, while still playing true to the dice rolls. Every terrifying monster feels like it's actually in the room with you. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts, or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him? This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. Wasting Company Time presents Tell No Tales Episode 14 Grave Consequences
Audio Diary of Leo Quinn and Riley Matkins, assistant to Frank Williamson and team leader in the research department at Better Place, respectively. Happy now? So happy. Wanna take the lead here? Nah, I'm good. Keep going. I'm just along for the ride. I still find it weird doing these notes in front of you. Oh, get used to it, pal. I'm in it now. Keep going. Go on. Off you go. Well, there's no case file to run through this time. Not a new one, at least. After work, we're going back to Highgate Cemetery to interview Montgomery Whitley. Which? I listened to the audio notes of the first time you went to see him, by the way. The man's got something big to tell you. Exactly. I'm... I'm almost certain the recorder is going to be able to pick up his voice now, so... Oh, yeah. Now you're certain. Uh, Wait, what does that mean? It means... He was already a Category 2 when you spoke to him last time. You already knew the recorder would work on a Category 2 when you spoke to Edna Miller at the Cat Sanctuary. If you ask me... Which I didn't. Okay, you literally just did when you said, What does that mean? So, if you ask me, I'd say you got spooked. You had a feeling that whatever Mr. Whitley had to say was going to be important. And that scared the shit out of you. You didn't want to get it wrong, or you didn't know what you were going to have to do with that information. So you put it off. It's okay. Don't look so defensive. Happens to the best of us. Alright, well, if we're done with the therapy... What therapy? If this was therapy, I'd be getting paid right now. Well, it is still office hours, so technically... Oh, okay. Guess I'll just go back to work then, shall I? I didn't mean... No, no, there's still half an hour left till home time. You've probably got some boots to lick, so I'll just... (laughs) Oh, I'm the bootlicker, says the person who just broke the company record for most research cases completed last year. Hey! It is not my fault that I'm good at my job, thank you very much. Eh, at least one of us should be. Are you talking about your official job? Or your unofficial job? Both. You know, last time I recorded case notes, I lost track of time, and when Frank came in, I panicked, and I must have, like, deleted the whole file or something, because it was gone when I got back, so... Definitely both! Um, Frank's not about to walk in now, is he? No, 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 he's, he's definitely gone for the day. Why are we still here? I'm a manager, your manager's out, which means we can go get our food before our... Haha! <laughs> graveyard shift. Can you stop using my love of puns against me, please? Never. (laughs) Well, I for one think we should all say thank you, Riley, for suggesting we get food before spending literally all evening hiding in some shrubbery while we wait for them to lock up the bloody cemetery. I did tell you we'd be here a while. Yep. Think we're good to go now? Should be. I haven't had anyone pass by for a while. Hey, uh, stick the food wrappers in my bag, will you? I'll go check. Yeah, we're good. Come on. This is it. Hmm, how dramatic. Imagine some small Victorian child, little Timmy, say, son of one of the previous directors, being taken here on a day out. <clears throat> Look, son, one day you're going to the little corpse house too. But at least the dead don't bite. Most of them, anyway. 
Yeah, and of course little Timmy would know that, wouldn't he? Because he's rich, and all the rich Victorian children read Latin. Hey Timmy, can you say mama? No. Then how about mortui non morden? to break it to you, but... I know. I feel it too. Or don't feel it. How, though? Uh, can you grab the EMF meter out my backpack just to make sure? Thanks. How is this even possible? He's not here. How is he not here? He's a ghost. How far could he have even gone? He must have been removed. This... No other way for a ghost to just disappear like that. They've left him alone for so long, though. The report was made in the 90s. Why now? Shit. Shit, Riley, what if this happened last night? Or the night before? What if I had the means to come and take Mr. Whitley's statement and I missed it because I was being a coward and now we're missing some vital piece of information because of me and my bad decisions? Hey, hey, hey. You had no way of knowing he'd be gone. It's like you said, there's no reason why they should have removed him out of nowhere, right? There hasn't been any new case file I've seen about it. Oh. What are you doing? Uh, calling the guy from Friends of Highgate Cemetery. Uh, the one who made the report in the 90s. Hi, Dr. Hawkins. Uh, sorry to call so late. I'm calling from Better Place about the removal of a ghost you requested from the Better Place mausoleum. Uh, could you call me back on this number whenever you get a chance? It seems we're missing some information from our records about the updated request for the removal of Mr. Whitley. Just need a few details. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Right, well, remind me to mock you for your phone voice when we're in a less stressful situation, please. I can't believe this. I can't believe... We're in a cemetery. There's got to be some ghost somewhere that saw this happen. Leo, you, you know that's not how ghosts work. Sometimes it is. Mr. Whitley haunted his own grave. Sometimes uh, people haunt the graves of loved ones. Or, or if the tether is an object instead of a place, right? This, this cemetery's full of rich people. Rich people love to be buried with their belongings. You really think we're likely to just stumble across a ghost that was nearby enough to see whoever came and removed... Okay, okay, guess we're gonna try anyway. Leo! (sighs) Jesus. Leo, don't make me shout after you when we're trespassing. Okay, I think I'm gonna turn this thing off while they go around waving their EMF meter at random tombstones and hoping for the best. Maybe I'll turn it back on if they ever actually find anything. Show him what you got, Leo. Go on. We're sat on your living room floor. It's three in the morning. We're both deliriously tired. And the one thing standing between us and putting the events of tonight behind us is this last stretch of audio note-taking. So, go on. Show your future listeners, their future judge and jury, or whoever listens to these audio diaries, what we've been up all night trying to get. I'd, uh, I'd rather not, actually. Oh, I think it's in your best interest, actually, because I'm sleeping on your couch tonight, and we have to be up for working. Huh, 
a couple of hours. So you want to get this over and done with as quickly as possible because you know what I'm like with no sleep. Fine. Great. I'll even provide helpful audio supplementation in the form of your end of the conversation. Here, look. Uh, there's, there's someone here uh, who... Uh, the gravestone says uh, Harriet Summers. Harriet. Harriet, hi. Uh, I need your help. Have you seen anyone recently come through here in a better place uniform heading up, uh, that way, down towards the mausoleum with uh, Motuin on Morden carved across the top? It's, it's just out of sight, but uh, it's down that way. Have you seen anyone suspicious heading that way at all? Now your turn, Leo. Show us what good old Harriet had to say. No need to be so smug about it. It is 3am. Who's smug? I'm tired. Oh my god, you can like hear me? Also, what kind of question is that? Don't you need a warrant or something to interrogate me like that? Get that thing out of my face. Wow. You're like the first person to talk to me in literal years, and you're just going to lead with that? How the hell am I even supposed to know what you're talking about? More toying on what? Morton? Like the tube stop? I'm literally trapped here. That's so insensitive. Surely you know I can't see anything outside of this area, right? Don't you have anything to say for yourself? Oh my god, you can't even hear me, can you? What is even the point of asking if you're not going to be able to hear me? Is this just some kind of joke for you? Did I not already mention the part of being trapped here on this patch of dirt for literal years? Because it is not fun. Do you know how much I used to travel when I was alive? I did my gap year in Sri Lanka. A few years ago before I died, I went interrailing in Europe. And now, what, just eternity here? I just don't get it, right? Because I'm here in this stupid graveyard for no good reason. And why? Like, literally, what even is there to do? I'd have been better off dead. At least then I wouldn't have to listen to the tourists and the tour guides be obsessing about Karl Marx or, like, whatever. It's like, I'm being taunted, right? All these people walking past, and some of them are so hot and everything, and I can't even flirt or anything, because I'm just some stupid ghost. Like, I really cannot stress enough just how boring it is just sitting every single day in this stupid graveyard. I don't think we need to listen to the whole thing. And for the listeners, Leo, did the ghost of Harriet Summers know anything about the removal of Mr. Whitley? If she did, it's certainly not mentioned anywhere in the 40-minute-long monologue. (laughs) Okay, okay. So say it with me now. Riley, you were right. I couldn't not try. I couldn't. What if Mr. Whitley had something really important to tell and it's my fault he couldn't? And and what about why he was removed? Because if this was an unofficial case, then does that mean Frank arranged it himself? Because if that's the case, why? And how did he know to do it? Does he know about what I'm doing? Does he know that I was about to go talk to Mr. Whitley again? Because if he did, that would mean he'd know about the recorder and he'd know I got it working. And how would he know any of that? All right, I'm hearing a shitload of conjecture right now and not an awful lot of anything based in what we absolutely know to be true. Oh, and... What is it, Riley, that we absolutely know to be true? Well, next to fucking nothing, to be honest. Which is why we shouldn't be taking wild guesses right now. We know Mr. Whitley was removed sometime between a couple of months ago, when you spoke to him, and now. 
We are fairly sure, but not entirely so, that it wasn't an officially logged case. That's it. That's all we know. And it's all we can know, until tomorrow at least. So the best thing we can do now is take a deep breath, get some sleep, and do some digging tomorrow. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry. You were right about Harriet. I shouldn't have dragged you around the cemetery like that for so long trying to find her. Sorry. It's fine. I mean, it's not. But I get it. Let's, uh, let's try and get some sleep. (sighs) There'll be absolutely no try for me. Only pass the fuck out. You, uh, you take my bed. I'll take the couch. I'd offer to share, but... Yeah, the night terrors. Best not to share a bed while those are still happening. Okay, I'll happily take your bed and we'll call it even, okay? No more apologising. <laughs> Sounds like a fair deal. Good night. Good night, dickhead. Episode 14 of Tell No Tales, Grave Consequences, was written and performed by Leanne Egan. You also heard the voices of Phil Thompson as Riley and Anyu Engerbretson as Harriet Summers. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is to spread the word. Leaving us a rating and a review in your listening app of choice is a huge help. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at TellNoTalesPod. Links and information about transcripts can be found in the show notes. Tell No Tales is distributed by Wasting Company Time Productions under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Thank you for listening. And remember, the dead don't bite. <laughs>